Welcome to the Conquer Your Draft Podcast, where fantasy champions are made. Welcome back to the Conquer Your Draft Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm Josh, and with me, as always, is Mike. How you doing, Mike? Uh, I'm doing well, but I do have to just point out for our listeners, I apologize that my sound's a little weird this week have some technical issues I was dealing with. I'll have it all fixed for next week, but for right now, I did the best I could to make sure we could actually do a show. So apologize for my sound, but I'll get that all fixed up for next week. I've been trying to figure out what you sound like this whole time. and What, what do I sound like? I, the, the closest way I can probably describe it is like, you know, like when you watch a movie and there's a, a scene set back in like the 40s or something. Right. You sound like an announcer from the 40s, the way that your mic is like projecting your voice. Oh, okay. Yeah, like, like you're you're out at like a racetrack calling the races. Okay, <laughs> so so my voice is more high pitched than normal. Uh, yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, because that's like they, they were like they they had their microphones were so sensitive back then that it really like picked up the higher register in in your voice, so you would get like really higher pitched voicing. And it would send like a sort of a garbled background sound to it. So, yeah, yep, that's what's going on. Yep. Well, it's only for this week, but it's also kind of fitting because of all the moves in the NFL. Like, you know, we're trading spaces here. I'm in a completely new space. I have a new setup because a lot of players are doing that. So it's sort of fitting for this week. This is the weird yeah. week because everything Mike, has Mike got traded. Mike yeah, got I got traded. traded. I got traded to downstairs with much lower quality. I went from a Super Bowl contending team. <laughs> to the Carolina Panthers. And <laughs> now here I am. Hey, they got to win. So who knows? They did. They finally won. And I got to tell you, uh, that young quarterback of theirs, uh, Young, I, I can't remember. Is it Bryce Young? Yeah. Bryce Young. Yeah. I, I think he looks pretty good. Like, I even in some losses, I've thought he's he's looked decent. Uh, and I, I think that team is a little bit better than their record. But hey, they got to win. Good for them. They finally they finally squeaked a win in. I was wondering when it was going to happen. So I think it oh. probably feels good for them to get that. What a trap game that was. Like yeah. 13-12. I mean, or what would it end up being? 15-13 was 15, the final score? 15-13, I think. Yeah, yeah. I stopped watching yeah. at 13-12. Yeah, that makes sense. Because Carolina won with a walk-off field goal. Yeah. Yeah, which is just nothing, nothing working for anyone. But again, it's... I just... Even though the game was low scoring, I think it in this particular scenario, the fact that it was a low scoring game and he still had 16 points, which again is kind of like middle ground, mediocre, a very Trevor Lawrence type performance, but he didn't, he didn't turn the ball over. He didn't throw an interception and he still threw for 230 yards. He had a touchdown, ran a little bit. I don't know if he's still a little bit injured or, or maybe they just don't want the running to be kind of. Uh, part of the game but it was interesting it, it was kind of a marquee matchup for me because I wanted to see the two young quarterbacks and it ended up being a field goal fest but still I think at the end of the day if you played him if he's a bench player like 16 points that's not horrible he did do better than CJ Stroud this week so I think I don't know I think there's some upside to, to young yeah I don't know I'm I'm interested to see where that goes because Stroud, like he had that four week period 
where he did really well. And then now he's kind of in like a couple week period where he's doing pretty poorly. So I'm kind of waiting to see if he maybe swings back upwards again. Yeah. But I mean, with young, we've seen all season, his connection with Adam Thielen. So if he can continue developing on that and kind of get the rest of the offense clicking, yeah, they could, they could turn it around. They have a, well, they have a terrible run defense, but they have a not bad. Like it's not a, not the worst defense ever, you know, like, they're not going to be playing from behind like 21 nothing all the time. Yeah, I I think they're a little bit better than their record shows. Um but again, like they're they're probably a team that's destined to miss the playoffs, get a top 5 or 10 pick again and continue to grow. Like they're obviously a team growing. Um but I I think you can sometimes find some gems for fantasy on these types of teams that have young quarterbacks or young offenses just trying to figure out. I mean, look at uh, Tank Dell and Nico Collins, who've had several weeks where they've been beneficial to, to teams. So I think the Panthers could start turning things around and you could start seeing them. I know Adam Thielen owners are already seeing the benefits of that. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Adam Thielen is like the surprise commodity of the year right now. Uh, yeah. I mean, no one saw that coming. Nobody no one saw that coming. Um, he's overperformed. Uh, even on his kind of down weeks, if you can get 11 points out of him, then, you, then you're probably very happy with him. But the, he's been scoring 20 points pretty consistently. In terms of your favorite thing, draft value, I mean, that's a steal. No matter oh where God, you got yeah. him, that's a huge steal. You probably got him off the waiver. Like, who drafted Adam Thielen? Probably like, in the yeah. last round. I Maybe. Yeah. I could see Maybe, that. Like, yeah. I, I, I would have had him in the same category as a Tyler Boyd. Or like Michael Gallup or someone where you're like, yeah, yeah, they're on a good team, good offense. Just like grab them. And for Thielen, it's like he's a veteran. Grab him with your last pick. Maybe, maybe he'll he'll do something. Um, but that would probably be the highest he would go. Would be the last the last pick of 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 the draft. And I don't know offhand where he's sitting in in wide receiver, but he's he's performing very well for 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 what you were expecting for him. Yeah, ab- absolutely, he has. And that's what the that's what the draft is all about is just finding those finding those late round gems. It can win you your uh, your year. It can win you your fantasy pool if you have a late round gem. You can. Yeah, and that's why you got to be active on the waiver wire too. Same thing. Uh, but we do have a lot of news to to talk about, so let's just let's dive right into that. It's uh, a lot of injuries and a lot of. Uh, Trade deadline news. Why well, that was an active trade deadline. It was very busy. Yeah, I was still a little disappointed that like we we didn't get like a big name, you know. No, I would say the biggest. I know you're going to get into it, but the biggest names probably were le- leaving Washington. Yeah, like and they were defensive, defensive names. Players. Yeah, like you didn't really get big offensive players moving. Um, I mean, it, it definitely seemed like there were conversations around a few people didn't end up get moving and I, it'll be interesting if we have time after you go through all the trades to talk a little bit about the trades that didn't happen and if and how we feel about that in terms of fantasy because there are some players that I'm looking at now saying like okay well their position didn't improve or didn't change and what does that do for for their trade value I think that's an interesting discussion too yeah well I mean we can start with the the Washington trade so we had the commanders trade uh, defensive end Montez Sweat to the Bears for a second round pick, which 
I kind of found weird because of like they're two and six, you know, um, I don't think, and your, your quarterback's hurt. He's gone for at, le- at least another week, if, if not more. Um, and you're four games behind the head of your, your division. So why is giving up a second round pick for a, a very talented defensive end? Uh, you know, like, is that, did, did you just, I guess, looking forward, assume you couldn't get anyone better with that second round pick or. Cause the second round picks in the NFL, that's a significant player. Um, yeah. You know, the talent pool is usually big enough that you're going to get someone who's going to play. I, I mean, I, I imagine they think they can resign him. And I imagine they think that they can solidify and upgrade their defense for this way. And they probably are looking at it saying, okay, can we get a player in the second round who's going to make the same impact as he will defensively? And if the answer is no, then then they make this deal. The problem I have with it is he's on an expiring contract. So if you're not positive that you're going to be able to re-sign him, then you just lost a second round draft pick for nothing. And as you well, mentioned, exactly. they're, they're not going to make the playoffs this year. No, they're, they're not. So you gave it up for nothing. So yeah, that would be my, I think I kind of get where they're thinking if you can re-sign him long-term, but I don't, I like, I don't know. Yeah, do, we'll do you, can you, can you make this deal though? Like without knowing you can re-sign him, like they must know they can re-sign him. Otherwise, why would you make this trade? Yeah. And maybe that'll come out in the next little while or like right away in the off season just okay yeah. yeah we've we've signed him now i yeah i don't know yeah. but yeah that's a bit of a gamble when your team clearly needs to continue rebuilding like you had a chance this year it didn't go well and then it got derailed even further with your quarterback going down with an injury so the rebuild is still happening and that's where you need those draft picks but yeah maybe because, yeah maybe maybe they had those conversations behind the scenes and yeah we can we can get him we can sign him to a new deal. Cause even, even if, even if you're in a position where fields, you know, fields is coming back and everything's going to be fine. Like, let's just for sake of argument. Oh, fields. We know fields is coming back. Everything's fine. You're not, you're still not making the playoffs. No, exactly. Like, like you're just, you're, you're just not. So I, yeah, I, I question the deal a bit. If he re-signs, then I could kind of justify it and saying, well, you, you probably are figuring he's the best that you can get, that there really isn't somebody else who's going to come in and fill this role for them. But yeah, I, of all the teams I thought were going to be active on the trade deadline, I didn't think the Bears were adding pieces. I wouldn't have guessed that. No, I thought they were going to be selling, and uh, yeah. they didn't. Nope. Uh, the other... Commanders player, defensive end Chase Young. He went to the 49ers for a third round pick. Makes a little that, more sense. <laughs> that one made more sense. Yeah. Uh, their defense has kind of been a little lackluster lately, considering what we're used to seeing from them. So I think this just, they're hoping it gives them a bit of a, a shot in the arm and boosts them up so they can kind of get back to main, t- well, get, get back to the track they were on for the first, uh, what was it, five weeks of the season? Yeah, and I mean, this is a great, this is a good defense. They they have a good defense, um, and at the end of the day, their struggles, everyone goes through them. I'm sure they'll get back on track. This makes them a little bit stronger. Like a, a good defense just got better. Like they, I don't, I don't see the negative and downside for 
um, for San Francisco at all. And they, it makes sense for them having, having a couple rough weeks to say, okay, let's, let's give our team a boost here. Let's bring in something new. Let's try and, and get ready and, and gear up for the playoffs. Cause we know they're going to the playoffs and we know they're going to be a competitive team. So the defense gets a little bit stronger. Uh, the Cardinals sent quarterback Joshua Dobbs to the Vikings to replace Kirk Cousins. Another deal that does make sense. Like it's like again, like if you're if you're the Vikings, you figure if if you can win a couple of games and get Jefferson back, you figure someone like Dobbs, who had a really good start to the year but has fallen off recently, you feel like he might be able to to get you just into the playoffs, which is where where they want to be. So it does make it does make sense to me why they would why they would do that. And for Joshua Dobbs owners, you have to be pretty thrilled. I mean, he was about to lose his job and now he has a job again. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That was the best case scenario for his continued fantasy value. But I did find it interesting. We went from right away Monday. Josh Dobbs is going to be the week nine starter, not Kyler Murray, not the Clayton tune. And then the next day, uh no, we changed our mind. It's actually not not going to be Josh Dobbs. He's definitely not going to be the starter for Week Nine, and we're not going to elaborate on that further. And then, oh, he's traded. <laughs> well, he was obviously traded. Like he was obviously as soon as they, they were, did that. Yeah, yeah. They, it was obvious they had a deal done or close to it. So they're like, yeah, we better we better get ahead of this, um, and and start pumping up our other guys. I, I just don't know why. Like, why would you be so quick? after your week eight game to be like, yeah, Josh Dobbs is our starter for week nine. Like you didn't have to say that. And you just put yourself in that hole where you're like, oh, just kidding. Um, He's not. Maybe it was a sales tactic. Maybe it's like to, to say the Vikings like, hey, we're uh, we're going to start him next week. So, you know, the, he's still a starter, even though he struggled, like we have faith in him because maybe, you know, whatever. I don't I don't know exactly what I don't. Do we know what they traded together it's like pick swap i think like it yeah, wasn't much it yeah wasn't maybe much, maybe it was a little bit of a better swap or maybe it was like they bumped it up a little bit by saying like yeah he's been struggling but we would still start him um and then once they had a deal done they wanted to get into the media but again i don't i don't know i'm not in people's i'm just trying to add logic to probably a non-logical situation like it was probably not <laughs> as smartly put together as i'm making it sound but maybe maybe it was sales tactics maybe maybe uh, the Jaguars acquired guard Ezra Cleveland from the Vikings so that they can improve their offensive line in exchange for a sixth-round pick. So, could be good news for ETN and Lawrence managers, uh, both of which are you currently. Well, well, and this um, is the thing. Like, Lawrence, <laughs> he gets sacked a lot. He throws a lot of interceptions. He gets hurried up a lot. He gets people in his face a lot. So, maybe this will help. I know they've had some injuries. They've been dealing with some issues there, but... <laughs> anything, anything to help this team out offensively because he has great offensive weapons, Lawrence does, and I'm completely baffled and frustrated by his mediocre play. Well, great offensive weapons except for ETN, right, Mike? Yeah, well, ETN, ETN is is uh, batting above his station. We've all been there, right? We've all batted above, <laughs> uh, you know, so it is just what it is. He's right now. He's got a high ranking, but you know we'll see. I don't want to publicly uh, 
say too mm-hmm. much because you know mm-hmm. potential trade targets may be out there and listen mm-hmm. atn is uh is a workable mm-hmm. commodity he's workable yep bashed it when i traded him away said he wasn't worth it and now you picked mm-hmm. him up yeah opinions for sure opinions yeah years are changing like Wins on the <laughs> wins in the on the sea, my friend. Listen, there's players going in or out. I'm not a hundred percent aware of every transaction that Space Force makes, but hey, we're we're a moving that organization. Some, that uh, is some GM have, talk. <laughs> we we have a we have a goal in mind. We have a strategy. We came out of I came out of my darkness retreat this summer with a strategy with a goal in mind. Uh, we're doing we're doing well. You know, I'm very happy with with the six and two record first place in the league. Um, I'm very happy with the way my teams perform, but if I can make a move to improve my team, I'll do it. Nothing's off the table. You want to know how I know your Barkley trade was a fleece is because you, you pulled this same GM talk right away when I called you on. <laughs> well, uh, until recently, Bar- Barkley has been extremely uh, un- underwhelming. <laughs> so, uh, you know, yeah. it, definitely talent wise, I, I got a good deal there because Matheson's being very, barely, uh, used, um, yeah. but I mean Barkley. Up until recently, talk about another player that's been mediocre. I mean, he did literally nothing for weeks um, coming back from an injury, and only now is he starting to kind of spark. But like, are you not like I'm? I'm talking about Trevor Lawrence. It's even worse in New York with with oh, their quarterback bad. situation, yeah. and they can't throw the ball to save their life, and that doesn't make me feel very comfortable either. Because I, I really do believe that bad passing game can start to impact your running game. Because team well, yeah. knows they know that's you're, where you're They going. know you're running. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not everyone's Christian McCafferty where it literally doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah. Right? Like, he can have six people on him and he still scores touchdowns. Like it's it's ridiculous. Yeah, that, that's right. Um, the Browns traded for wide receiver Donovan People, or sorry, the Browns traded Donovan People Jones to the Lions for a sixth round 2025 pick. Uh, the Buffalo Bills acquired cornerback Rasul Douglas and a fifth round pick from the Packers in exchange for a third round pick. Uh, the Bills are just desperate to fix what's going on with their defense right now, it seems. Too many so, injuries. They have way too, too many, many people out. Yeah. yeah. That London game alone, I think, cost them three. And they were already light at that point. So, yeah, they they needed to do something. We'll see if uh, if he's enough. Yeah, they needed they needed a piece in there. So hopefully he's probably it's probably just a we just got to stabilize things here with hoping maybe they'll get some people back. But I think White's out for the season again. Um, so, I, yeah, I, I think they I figure think right. we need the depth. So, yeah, I mean, it was good for the Bills to do something. Still very surprised that, you know, we'll talk about a signing that they did, but I'm still very surprised that they didn't do something bigger. Um, they did a, a couple lateral moves, but they're probably just figuring we can't spend too much money, can't spend too much assets. So let's just get some things to plug in and trust our big players to to play big. Oh well, I mean, we can skip right right to that. We're done with the trades. Uh, okay, well, let's signed, talk about it. They signed running back Leonard Fournette. I just I don't understand it. It to me that's just a again, it's just a like lateral move. So Fournette, they have Cook. They have Murray, and I know Harris is injured, but I, th- I think me, they were just looking to replace Harris. At- I, and that's probably exactly, and that means so that means Fournette will have zero value because they Pretty were not using Harris yeah. well. 
and they barely use their running backs well. Even Cook, they use him a lot until they get to the red zone. That's been my kind of complaint about Cook this whole time is Cook will get them nine yards, 10 yards, five yards, six yards, like do everything you ask of him. And then they get to the red zone and like, get out. We don't want you in there. <laughs> get out. And he's the only one. I've seen it happen to the Bills where he's the only one on the offense doing anything. And then they don't score a touchdown, they kick a field goal. And I, I would be thinking like, why don't you try putting Cook in for like, I don't know, one or two plays and just see what happens. So the Bills, the Bills frustrate me. I would have thought they would have wanted to make a big splash at running back and upgrade, which is one of the reasons why I traded Cook away, but they didn't do that. So he, you know, he'll continue to be their featured back until they get to the red zone. Yeah, he is not their their goal line guy, unfortunately. No, which is unfortunate because I think he has the skill set and he's clearly a very good running back. He'll consider let's don't get me wrong, he'll continue to have value. He'll score twelve to fifteen fantasy points a week because he'll get he can get you easily 80, 80 to 90 yards, maybe even more. Like he can do those things. Um, it's just they take him out for the red zone, and it's very frustrating. I'm sorry for your your loss. Yeah, well, it is what it is. But at least Fournette does if you're if you're a Cooks owner, if you're a James Cook owner, um, I don't think Fournette will affect things too much. I don't think that's like a huge, huge thing to worry about. It'd be a good insurance option though. Fournette? If you're the Cook owner. Yeah. To to in case add something Fournette? happened. Yeah. yeah. Like on your bench in case something happened so. to Cook. If you have the space, I don't know. I would wait. Yeah. I wouldn't be personally I can, I can see it all depends on what room you have on your bench. Like I always give myself one position for kind of like an injured player or a risk or whatever, and then try to fill my bench with, with usable pieces. But yeah, I mean, I, I could see what you're saying. If you have the room, you could add him, but I just don't think he's going to, he's going to be one of those players who's zero fantasy points, 0.5 fantasy points, two fantasy points, zero fantasy points, 12. (laughs) <laughs> where he scores yeah. a touchdown. You know what I mean? Like that's to me, I think that's the best bet for Fournette. Yeah, it's 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 very likely. Yeah, unless the, unless he the becomes the main goal line guy. Yeah. Yeah, unless that's it. Unless he he's the one like, okay, in, in the goal line, we're always gonna use him. We're gonna throw him in the red zone when we're under 10 yards, like he's in. But the Bills don't use they don't want to use their running back even in the red zone. They'll fake to no. them, they'll use them yep. to get them down there, but they want to throw, right? Like they want to pass the ball. So it's the Bills. They're a frustrating team in that way. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, the Las Vegas Raiders, some coaching, uh, some just some management changes. Um, they've fired their offensive coordinator, Mick Lombardi, their head coach, Josh McDaniels, and their general manager, Dave Ziegler. And they have benched Jimmy Garoppolo at quarterback. So rookie Aiden O'Connell will be starting as of this week in week nine. Um. What a disaster. <laughs> this yeah. is Vegas. I mean, you know who who's – because they, they have a couple like – so you've got Josh Jacobs, who obviously is less impacted um, a bit by whoever the quarterback is because he's running back and he'll get things here and there. But even like I would say Jacobs, Adams, um, Myers, like they haven't been overperforming or performing up to, I think, their skill level. And like Vegas – has been kind of up and down, and I personally think this is a this is a rough direction. Like they've just been on a downward trajectory. It's been bad. They've had a couple weeks where it's just looked awful. 
maybe all these switches will change the way they're playing. They'll get someone like Adams more involved. He's their big talented player on offense. I don't know much about O'Connor at quarterback. Like I don't really know anything about him. So I don't know oh, how this it's going to go. He's going to get absolutely crushed by opposing defenses, but he loves to target Devontae Adams. So Yeah, so he'll throw to Adams a lot. Jacobs will probably still get a lot of touches, but how yeah. effective this offense will be, it's, yeah, it's a big Well, question. I don't think it can be worse. I, I think bare minimum, it will just weeks. stay the same. Yeah. 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 No, it's it's hard to go worse than it's been. <laughs> yeah, like they're they're kind of at rock bottom here. Yeah, so I don't think O'Connell is someone you can use in fantasy, but I think he'll get the other fantasy options back up there a bit, you know, like back to oh, you. Yeah, better hope levels. so, though. Like if I mean, not you, but the universal you, the people who anyone yeah. who has these players, you're you're hoping that this is a change that sparks the team, which we've seen happen oh, yeah. in multiple years. We've seen we've seen people uh, uh, really spark with coaching changes or GM changes or whatever. But Los Angeles, like they just cleaned house. They're like, OK, we got to. We're got to clean things up here. Um, So yeah, that, that team's just in turmoil and they just moved there. Like they just are in a new space and they're developing their crowd there. They're, and I think they're hosting the Super Bowl, aren't they? Is it in Vegas this year? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. So just Vegas, you want to develop your, your following and you want to develop your audience you want to develop your crowds um and i know vegas is like a big place and a big tourism place and sports has been doing well there but you still have to develop all of this and it's an absolute disaster there like they've got to be no wonder they made changes like we have to do something we have to change this up yeah well you you can only it can only go downhill so long before they have to start doing something drastic um, another change that came up, uh, Falcons will start quarterback Taylor Heineke in week nine. So Desmond Ritter's hitting the bench. Uh, Drake London for the Falcons has a groin injury. I'm not sure how long that's going to sideline him just yet. Justin Fields still going to be out week nine, uh, still considered week to week, I believe. Matthew Stafford sprained UCL in his thumb and is considered day-to-day IR not an option. So that's really good because the big concern was that he dislocated something and was going to need surgery, and that was six weeks minimum to come back. Um, So that's very good news if you're a Cup or Nakua owner, or or a Stafford owner, really, because I think without Stafford, that offense takes a big step back in terms of the passing game. And in our house league, just for for just funny sakes, the person who has Stafford had Aaron Rodgers, Justin Jefferson, Pat Fryermuth, who's on the IR as well. Yeah, all those, all four of those players being hurt, like just the worst luck you've ever seen. And it's so funny because this normally happens to me. So it it's really usually, funny yeah. to watch someone else go through this turmoil. <laughs> Yeah, uh, so I, I don't know. That's some bright news for for that owner. They're not out for good, just for day to day. Maybe out this week. Might be back next week. Uh, I'm could potentially still though. play. I'm concerned because of his age, and because you just like IR not an option makes it seem like they're like, no, we can't put this guy on IR. We just can't do it. We just can't do it. Well, if he's... Well, yeah, because they, they're not going to win if he's on the IR. No, no, and I get that, but, like, I just... That's where it's like, okay, so if he if he's 
unplayable or it's if it's close if it's close they're they're gonna play him which the re-injury factor can come into it he is getting older i get like stafford's having a bounce back year things have gone a little bit better than i thought they were gonna go for him and los angeles so i understand the desperation there but i mean i know i think they've got a one game this week and then they're on bye right yeah, they have a week. They play this week. Yep. Yeah, they play this week, and then they're on a bye week. They have to hope that he that everything's okay and he gets through this week, and then they they get the bye week. But it, like I, if you really cared about your season, I would be saying, okay, forget this game, take this week and the bye week off. That's two weeks. Try to heal up, and we'll see you week eleven. That's what I, would I would say. Do. That's probably what's going to happen. Yeah, who's their backup? Be... I don't even have. I don't even know who it... that backup is. Nobody that is worth Nobody. Great. anything <laughs> Great. in fantasy. Okay, so <laughs> yeah. yeah, everyone panic. But I that I think that's the smartest move for the foot for the player for the team for getting fantasy. Sit Stafford for a week, give the two weeks, and then he can come back because I'd be worried about re-injuring that. That does not sound pleasant. That injury. No, no, it does not. Uh, but yeah, we'll see what they do. I I certainly agree with you. I think that's the best option and, and what I think they're going to end up doing, but who knows with these NFL teams. You never know. Um, Up for debate still if it'll be Kyler Murray or Clayton Toon. Sounds like it's leaning towards Clayton Toon for this week and then Kyler Murray back in week 10. Um, Obviously the expectation is now that he will be back since they've traded away Josh Dobbs. Um, Patriots wide receiver Kendrick Bourne tore his ACL. He will be out for the rest of the season. He was pretty much the only bright spot in that uh, Patriots offense so far this season. So, yeah, another blow for them. And quarterback Kirk Cousins towards Achilles tendon will miss the rest of the season, which prompted the Joshua Dobbs trade. Um, yeah, it's too bad because he's in a uh, contract year. Yeah, so it's it's too bad uh, for him. Obviously, as we already talked about, why they brought in Dobbs, and I think that's a very good move. But yeah, that's uh, that's rough for for Kirk Cousins who you know I think I think they were they were starting to put it together a bit there yeah they won a couple of games that uh, nobody expected them to and they have a much easier couple of weeks coming up so just terrible injury terrible timing just all all in all just not great so we'll see what the what the future holds for old Kirk and finally uh Darren Waller left week eight after injuring his hamstring, but not the same hamstring as he dealt with earlier in the year. Uh, this is now his right leg. I believe the first one was his left leg. So this is a whole new issue that he now has to deal with. And it came out today that he said he could be potentially out for multiple weeks. So one more kick in the teeth for the uh, the Giants offense, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah, it's rough. That's rough because they uh, they they need those other pieces. Like they they need... Waller to be healthy. They need him to be one of the best tight ends in the league. And if he's missing another couple of weeks, they're in tough because they, they did not look good against, uh, against their, uh, their other New York, the other New York team, the jets. So it's a rough one. Yeah, that, uh, that was a bit of a hard game to watch because of that rain and just how many people were getting injured. Yeah, and like injuries, like every five minutes. And frankly, I mean, what do you expect from these two New York teams? Like they're they're both they're both such. A, I mean, the Jets are a bit of an enigma right now. I don't really know what they are, but it all depends on I think their schedule 
where they're going to end up here. Um, but yeah, they're they're a bit of an enigma to me, and the Giants have looked like a disaster. Yeah, the Giants Giants are done for this year. The Jets, who they could go any direction, really. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the Giants are. Yeah, we'll see if Saquon Barkley is enough to bring them back. Yeah, I mean, I don't. Uh... <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if he is alone, honestly. Uh, he's used to playing on on their team when they're kind of up and down. And I'm sure he'll he'll get his reps and opportunities. But like we've discussed, I repeat it because it's true. When you have a bad passing game, it affects your running game. People will know they're going to Barkley, of course. Who else do they have? Walters hurts. <laughs> Jones is up and down. Who else do they have? That's it. That That's pretty much it. None of their receivers have been fantasy relevant. No, they've been nothing. They've they've been exactly as we talked about before the season. Like, like yeah. who are they? <laughs> like, uh, no one, no one stepped up. Yeah. <laughs> no, nobody has has filled filled that gap, unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, but that's it for our our news from week eight. Before we move on to our conquerors and busts, I uh, just want to remind everyone that uh, if you have any questions for us, we'd love to hear from you. You can reach out to us on social media, on Instagram, Facebook threads on x we can go to conqueredraft.com go to our podcast page fill out the form send it on in there and you can join our patreon community you can become a conqueror get access to additional start sits you can get access to thursday night football start sits waiver wire trade targets and uh, you get to be a part of our discord community find all of that in one convenient place for us you can go to patreon.com slash conquer draft or you can go to conquer we've got a link to it on there yeah so week eight conquerors mike do you know off the top of your head who the quarterback one on the week was off the top of my head no but i can make a guess all right what's your guess because of the way you said it dak prescott Close. He was QB two. He's actually Sam oh, okay. Howell. I thought you were trying I... to make a point. <laughs> no, <laughs> my Zach Prescott. Okay. <laughs> no. Uh, Sam, Sam Howell. Howell. Yep. Just shy of thirty nine points. Dak Prescott was a close second with thirty six fantasy points. I knew he had a good week, but wow, Howell. Wow. Yeah. That's yep. He's actually done really well in the past few weeks. They've uh, their passing game has been great, much to the detriment of Brian Robinson and their running game. Uh, he's uh he's been able to piece it together. Uh, Jalen Hurts had thirty five point three fantasy points, and Will Levis coming in out of nowhere with thirty four point six fantasy points, just he, um, gunslinging it. Yeah, he just I know he he was the player if if you remember from the draft that year he he was dropping. Um, and yeah, he went and he was projected to be what like a top five pick, top five pick. Yep. And he ended up being picked, I think, in the second round. Like, and he dropped yeah, all the way out of the first. The the Titans traded up to take him at yeah, the start exactly. of the second. He he's probably their their guy moving forward. Like he's he's going to be their quarterback. I and I think we saw a flash of it. Now I I don't know if that's really who he is. Um, we'll, we'll find out. I mean, he's got a Thursday night football. Everyone's going to be watching him. We'll see w- what he does there. But yeah, I think uh, I, it was obviously good to to see that happen. But yeah, what a what a week for him! Just absolutely, just gunslinging as you're saying, all the way down the field, multiple touchdowns. Really got Hopkins going. Yeah, finally, and I guarantee you, he was on the majority of people's benches because 
who saw which, that coming. Which I think now that I'm thinking about it, and I probably would have put him on a bench too. So I'm not I'm not saying I'm smarter than that. I'm just saying taking oh, a I, look I would at, have. Uh, taking a look at facts of, of life here in the NFL, when a young quarterback steps in for the first time, I actually would start thinking of starting your star receivers only because if there's one person they're going to try to go to, it's that person. So it, I've just seen that happen now a few times because I definitely would have kept Hopkins on the bench. I would have done that. I wouldn't have played him. But now I'm starting to rethink that being like, well, when these rookie quarterbacks come in, they're looking for a stable vet. And if you have someone that talented on the team, maybe it's worth a flex start just to take the risk. Because, yeah, I, I bet you he was on people's benches. And Hopkins is probably on your Conquerors list somewhere, too. Like, he had a great week. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he, he certainly is. Uh, some busts at quarterback. We had Desmond Ritter, who left to get evaluated for a concussion and then was cleared, but did not return to the game. And now we have seen he will not be the starter next week. Uh, he had just shy of three and a half fantasy points. Tyrod Taylor had to spend the night in hospital because of a rib injury. So he didn't play a full game. 3.6 points. Kenny Pickett left with an injury. 3.9 points. Jimmy Garoppolo just got repeatedly punched in the face by the Lions. Uh, so he had 4.2 fantasy points and then Patrick Mahomes with the flu game did not pan out the way Michael Jordan's did. Uh, he had only 5.5, fantasy points. Sorry. Yeah, that was rough for Mahomes. That was a rough, rough game for him. Yep. I, uh, I remember kicking myself because I was torn between Damian Pierce and Javante Williams as my flex at running back and Pierce had such a good matchup against the Panthers terrible run defense and I was like Javante is going up against the Chiefs they're going to be just getting killed I think they're not going to be running the ball and then I'm looking at the weather and I'm like okay it's snow game they might run it a lot this could be pretty low scoring actually I'm looking at it I'm looking at it I'm looking at it and at the last second I talked myself out of it, out of making the switch. And Javante had a good game. Like, n- nothing crazy, but he had 17 points. You know who didn't have yeah. a good game? Damian Pierce. No, no, no. Pierce had a terrible, terrible game. Yeah. I was so angry at myself, especially uh, just for listeners. I was, I without the Sam Laporta touchdown on Monday Night Football, I was going to lose uh, my week. Yeah, you were um, in a close one. And the Damian Pierce, Javante Williams decision was the would have been the game changer. Like I would have been fine. I would have already won heading into Monday Night Football if I had played Javante Williams instead of Damian Pierce. So I was kicking myself all weekend. Yeah. No, I mean, that's the thing. Like, I understand why you're making that decision, but you were in such a close matchup. That could have been the factor that made you lost. Luckily for you, Sam Laporta came in, but it's just like, it's one of those things where you can't really fault the decision making there, but you can't control things. <laughs> like, you can't control no. what happens. So, yeah, that's uh, that was a tough one. Yeah, that was that was tough, but it all worked out for me in the end, thankfully. Uh, some running back conquerors. We had Gus Edwards exploding for three touchdowns, I think, with 28.4 fantasy points. Uh, Jameer Gibbs just made the, the Raiders defense look silly. 27.4 fantasy points. Christian McCaffrey continues to do his thing. 26.8 points. 
Alvin Kamara, 25. He's like the only functional part of that Saints offense right now. He's the only thing working for the Saints, and he's working very well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we'll see if he can keep sustaining it. Uh, I, th- I think he can just because of how they're using him, but we'll see. And the much besmirched by Mike Travis ETN, 24.4 fantasy points. Absolute dumpster fire. Yeah, and on your team. Yeah. Uh, some busts. We had Ezekiel Elliott under four points. Alexander Madison under four points. Oh, Dante f- from Grace. <laughs> yeah. I well, I said I made the comment a week or two ago that Acres was coming in to take his spot, mm-hmm. and Acres yeah. isn't isn't doing much anyways. Nope. But he is definitely <laughs> no, he ahead of Madison. <laughs> he's ahead of Madison, but he's not doing much. Like he's a he's a now that might okay. change. Yes, with the Cousins injury, it might. Yeah, yeah. They might have to get him more involved, and it clearly seems like it's going to be him instead of Madison. Oh, definitely. Uh, Dante Foreman, 4.1 fantasy points. Jerome Ford, 4.4 fantasy points. And almost torpedoing my game, Damian Pierce at 4.6 fantasy points. Yeah. At wide receivers, to match with some of our QB conquerors, we had C.D. Lamb with 35 fantasy points. DeAndre Hopkins, 32.8. And we had A.J. Brown, at 29. All three of them had quarterbacks in the, uh, the conquerors category there. Yep. Rashid Shahid had 22.8 points and Jalen Waddle had 21.6. So actually Waddle and Hill both were in the twenties. Uh, Hill was just out of this list. I think he finishes the wide receiver six of the week. So that was a great game for the Dolphins receivers against yeah. the Patriots defense. Yeah. And to say something about Shahid, like he's kind of been a quiet, pretty decent player. Like he's had a couple decent weeks and then disappeared a bit but came back with obviously a strong one. Like he's a, he's another piece that's a little inconsistent. Like Kamara is obviously the heart of that offense right now, but Shahid is someone who I think could be a good flex option depending on the matchup. Cause he does, he's done this at least twice this year where he's had really good, a really, really good week. So Shahid's someone, I think not only this season, but to, to look at moving forward. Cause he's kind of a young receiver who could, uh, could be a big part of this offense. Yeah, yeah, he's uh he's their downfield guy. So when they connect, it's it's a good week and when they don't, it, it's just not. Yep. Some busts at the wide receiver position. Well, we had Devontae Adams with 1.6 points and Jacoby Myers with 2.4 on the same team. Uh Jameson Williams 2.6, Michael Gallup only had 3, Josh Palmer had 3.9 and he barely finished that game. I I thought he was out in the first quarter with he clearly re-hurt his knee. Yeah. Um, but he toughed it out. Um, hopefully he was on your bench because of the questionable status. But uh, Cooper Cup, 4.1 fantasy points. So obviously that was impacted by Matthew Stafford's thumb injury. Hopefully a bit of a bounce back week coming up. Tight end conquerors. We had Trey McBride with 20.5 fantasy points. George Kittle at 19.4. TJ Hawkinson at 17.8. David Njoku at 15.7 and my boy Sam Laporta at 15.7 as well. Oh, uh, well, I'm interested to see how Hawkinson does without Kirk. Well, yeah, I mean, I think that's going to be an impact. Um, he has been having a very good season. He's a great tight end. They, the, the thing is, the Vikings do have a lot of great offensive pieces. So uh, you're wondering 
okay, can they, can any quarterback do at least something? But without Kirk Cousins there, I think it's, I think it's tough to know. It's going to be interesting to see what happens. Could be fine. Could also be a massive drop off. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if I, if I have the, the courage to play some of their, their options this week or not, but I don't have I don't, any, so I don't yeah, have to worry about it. I, I personally wouldn't be too high on them this week. And I, I'd, I'd want to play it out. Like if you have better options, I would take out some of your Vikings just so you see what happens. But yeah, some people might not have a choice. We're, we're in the bye week period. Some weeks you do not have a choice. You must, um, you must just play who you have. So. Yep. Sometimes uh, <laughs> that's all you got. <laughs> yep. Uh, especially, uh, especially when the bye weeks hit and, and injuries, sometimes you're just forced into some bad decisions and yeah, you just don't watch those games and hope for the best. Yeah. Uh, just to round out our conquerors and busts at tight end, some busts. We had Dalton Schultz, Johnny Smith, Luke Musgrave, and Michael Mayer all were below three points, and Hunter Henry four point three fantasy points. So some some names that have been good in the past few weeks, but all dropped off this week. Uh, just reminding us why having an elite tight end is uh, a great thing to have in your life. Yeah. All right, let's move into our starts and sits for week nine. At quarterback, I'm starting Derek Carr because he's playing the Chicago Bears. And that has been a great matchup for teams lately. And if he keeps throwing the ball a million times to Alvin Kamara, then they're going to do good. They're going to have a good week. Yeah, I think uh, if you're playing the Bears, it's a pretty good bet. Uh, And I believe, not that this affects defense, but I do believe Justin Fields is not going to be playing or they're leaning towards him not playing. No, um, it won't I, be him. Yeah, he's already yeah. been so, out. So the Bears, they're just not going to put up much of a fight. And I think the Saints being at four and four, they're in a position where it's like, we got to get this win. So we've got to, you know, regardless, <laughs> we've got to just shove offense down their throat, score a bunch, get an easy win here. I think that's a good, that's a good bet that Carr is going to do that. Yeah, I, uh, I'm, I'm expecting big things from him. And from the Saints' defense. Yeah, I think the defense should have a good game, especially with Fields out. You you don't have the same risk without Fields there that you do with him there, where he he and Moore could decide, hey, we're going to have a great game. <laughs> so. Yeah, and just absolutely destroy you single-handedly. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Uh, my start is Sam Howell uh, from the Commanders. Um, at the end of the day, the Commanders surprised a few people by their, their, you know, the three and five, and they're in a bit of a fight here for a wild card spot by trading defensive players. I don't think it will negatively affect their offense. Sam Howell has had a couple really great weeks. He's having a good season. They're playing the Patriots. The Patriots do one thing really well, and that's take away your best player. They're, who's that on the commanders? Literally no one. You take away one option, he's got another. You take away something, he's got another. He can use his running backs well. I think they've got a solid team. I'm not expecting a blowout game here, but I do think the commanders will win. They'll score a couple touchdowns, and Sam Howell's been pretty good at not giving the ball away. So I think that's a, that's a good start um, for, for playing the Patriots this week. All right, and my sit at quarterback is Aiden O'Connell, starting quarterback for the Raiders. <laughs> you just think this is um, going to be a disaster? Uh, well, I just think that it's he he played in Week Four, I think, and now he's 
getting kind of thrust back into it again, and they've just not been clicking. It's going to be a new offensive coordinator, so it, possibly a whole new scheme. Like we'll, we'll see what they're running out there. And the Giants' defense has actually been pretty good lately. Like they have improved on the defensive side of the ball. So I, I, I think this is just one of those things you need to wait and see. Yeah, yeah. Uh, my sit for this week uh, is Joe Burrow. This is going to be a really tough Sunday night football game. Uh, I know Bengals and Bills, there, there's some history there. They they had the emotional game last year with everything that happened with DeMar Hamlin. This is a primetime game. Uh, there's going to be a lot of eyes on, on this game. The Bills have done a very good job defensively, even though they're banged up, of making quarterbacks have rough weeks. And I just think that Burrow is going to take a step back after having several good weeks where it's taken a step forward. He'll stumble a bit. This is the week that you'll see the stumble. And I don't think he is going to be um, a, a strong option. If you have anyone else, you might want to look at this matchup and say, well, the Bengals probably going to be in tough against the Bills. Throw someone else in there, quarterback other than Joe Burrow. All right. My running back uh, start of the week is going to be Alvin Kamara to pair with De- uh, Derek Carr because... If, if he keeps getting the ball as many times as he does, I mean, you got to start him. And I think they're going to be playing with a lead against the Bears. Extra running opportunities for him. I, I just think this is a great week to have Alvin Kamara in your lineups. Uh, my start is Gus Edwards. Um, Baltimore, they're, they're up against Seattle. Um, listen, Seattle's the type of defense that can shuts you down and can have have really good um, really good run stopping but Gus Edwards had a fantastic week against Detroit and Detroit has a better defense than Seattle does they're both Baltimore and Seattle they've been they've been making things work they're still both in first place in their divisions I think it's gonna have a potential of a big offensive game and Edwards is going to be a part of that so I would start Gus Edwards this week I really like that matchup this is to me, my game of the week. I'm really looking forward to watching this one. Game of the week, eh? Yeah, I'm. I really think you know two first place teams that I think have struggled and maybe aren't necessarily <laughs> deserving of being there. And like you know, you've got Giono Smith who's up and down, Lamar Jackson who is also up and down. I think this could be a, a one of those games where it's like 38, you know, 33, <laughs> and it's a big blowout offensively. Oh, uh, I'm I'm torn between the Cowboys Eagles or the Bills Bengals for my game of the week. Well, yeah, I mean, I just you and I disagree on on where we think the Cowboys Eagles game will fall. You think it's going to be a big offensive game. I think it's going to be played more tight, tighter than that. Um, and I do think the Bills have done a good job of shutting quarterbacks down. So it, I just see that being as less likely. But yeah, the Bills Bengals one is probably number two. For me, like it's right in that category. There's actually, I will say, there's quite a few matchups this week that I'm interested in. Like the Dolphins Chiefs in in Germany. I was going to say that that was my third. Yep. That's another one. I'm even, I know this is like less of a marquee game, but I'm kind of interested in Rams and Packers just because they have so much offensive talent around them. And I just don't know what's going on with the Stafford situation. So like you could see that turn into a really interesting game too. So there's a, there's a few, there's a few interesting matchups this week yeah yeah and uh we're closing in on playoff time so big big fantasy playoff implications pretty much from this week onwards now oh every every week becomes so much more important starting now yeah yep 
Uh, my running back sit for the week is the entire Cardinals backfield because we, st- uh, we we never know who's going to be the main one from week to week. But uh, this week, I would I would start none of them. I would keep them all on your bench. They're going up against a very strong Browns defense. Um, it's quite possible it's going to be rookie quarterback Clayton Toon going up against the Browns defense. That's not going to be a good time for the Cardinals offense at all. Just just leave them on your bench. Carry on. Um, my sit is Cam Akers. This is what I uh, like to call um, a a trick game where it looks like Cam Akers would have a great game against the Falcons, but I think with the uncertainty going on in the Vikings offense, I do not trust right now uh, putting in uh, someone like Akers in this game because I just don't know how this offense is going to respond. I don't know who this quarterback is. I don't know how they're going to work it in. Until Dobbs gets in there, and if they are going to go with Dobbs and work him in, I would say sit uh, any of your Vikings, and this is a week I would sit Cam Akers. All right. Wide receiver start of the week for me, C.D. Lamb. I think, uh, like you said, I think this uh, Cowboys-Eagles game is going to be high scoring. And uh, the Eagles defense, you've been able to throw on them lately. So I think, and with what we saw last week with C.D. Lamb, if he can even come close to replicating that, I think he's going to be great for uh, for fantasy this week. He finally became the guy that you drafted him to be. It only took eight weeks, but he got there. And I think he has a chance to replicate that this week. Uh, my start is Gabe Davis. I think in a game for the Bills in prime time, we've seen far too often that they'll try to target digs here and there. It won't work, and they're going to need someone like uh, Gabe Davis to step up and get in there. I think it'll be a good game for him, so start Gabe Davis. All right, my sit at wide receiver, I've got Marquise Brown. Now, I think if Kyler Murray does end up playing, I think you can start him because he is Kyler's guy. But like I like we've said throughout this episode, it seems like Clayton Toon is going to be the guy who's starting. And with this defense, rookie making his debut, yeah, he is probably going to want to target Marquise Brown. But the Browns have a very, very good defense. They're going to be all over Toon, and they're going to know where he's going to walk through the ball. So I would leave Marquise Brown on the bench this week. Uh, my sit this week, as we alluded to, goes against uh, and is contrary to, to Josh's start. It's A.J. Brown because we just think differently about this game. I think it's going to be low scoring. These are two very good defenses. Uh, I do think I agree that the Eagles, you've been able to throw on them recently, but I think the Cowboys are really good at stopping the pass. They give up something like the second or third least amount of fantasy points to wide receivers. They're tough to throw against. They have a really good pass rush, which is one of those things in there. I think that you're going to see a lot more of that brotherly shove out of Philadelphia as they try to like get yards and and keep this game interesting. I think this is going to be a tight game, so I would say sit A.J. Brown. You know what? I, I I disagree with you here, but just for my sake, for fantasy, as the Hurts manager, I'm all about getting those rushing touchdowns. So you know, I'm okay if that's how it shakes out, you know? That's what I think is going to happen. I think it's going to be okay a lot of rushing that. touchdowns and a lot of, lot of Hurts. Yeah, that's what I just think. It's going to be. I am fine with that. Yeah, <laughs> that is great for me for, for fantasy. Uh, my tight end start of the week, Jake Ferguson for the Cowboys again. I think this will be a high-scoring game, and the Eagles have been one of the best matchups uh, for fantasy tight ends so far this year. And Ferguson seems to be 
Dak Prescott's second choice after Lamb in this offense. So I think they'll both have plenty of action this week. Uh, my start is Dalton Kincaid. He's going to be get it, continuing to get more action um, with uh, with the Knox being out. Uh, Kincaid, I think, will have a pretty good game uh, for the Bills, who I expect, as usual, to pass, pass, pass. And if they do end up getting in a game where it's it's high scoring and they've got to compete with with uh, the Bengals offensively, you'll definitely see Kincaid utilized, especially in the red zone. My tight end set for the week is David Njoku. I don't think that uh, the Browns are going to have to pass the ball too much in this one. And if they do, I don't think they'll be aiming at the tight end. That's not a great matchup for uh, fantasy tight ends on the year either. I would look for a different streaming option if if that's what you're going for a tight end this week. Uh, My set is Hayden Hurst. Listen, this game could also... because of the two teams involved turning into a big offensive game. They've shown that. Um, but I just don't think that offense is going to come through the tight end uh, either in this game. So I think that uh, you want to sit Hayden Hurst. And that is it for our week nine starts and sits. Thanks for listening, everyone. Take care. Stay safe.